about funny stuff. Serious about food. Serious about anything that I'm in the mood for. Serious. Let's get serious. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me about your fantasy. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me about your fantasy. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me about your fantasy. Let's get serious. Hello, my name is Kendall Bruns. Um, you're listening to Let's Get Serious Podcast. My guests today are Alex Zalbin and Stefan Lawrence. Yeah, you got it right. Stefan Lawrence. Yeah. It's a tricky tricky name with the pronunciation. Sure. The first name could be pronounced Actually, my name is also pronounced Stefan Lawrence. That must, you got it totally wrong. It's confusing. That yeah. must get really confusing at like, practice. Uh, do, you have, do you have practice? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have play dates. <laughs> you say, hey... Uh, Sorry, so and so. I have to go to uh, Elephant Larry practice. <laughs> well, at this point, we're actually we're, we're pretty good at being Elephant Larry. You don't yeah, even I have mean, to practice. We don't have to practice anymore. No, we're, we're used to it. The teacher just lets us, you know, play at this point. You have a teacher? Yeah, we have a sketch teacher. Really? Who's the teacher? Uh, Mr. Bocard. Oh. Yeah, and I, when he's not there, Mrs. Kabobble. <laughs> Bocard and Kabobble. Yeah, the, that well-known team. They taught us everything we needed to know. Yeah, what's the root of the tra- like? Is there a particular school of thought that they they espouse? Subscribe to? Oh, sure. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, Kowalski method. Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know if you've heard of it. It's well, Kowalski it's, is. I've heard of the name Kowalski. Sure. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that, but but but. But different. Kowalski is if you're going to be in a sketch, you got to live the sketch. Mm-hmm. That if, say, you're going to be a straight man, don't just pretend to be a straight man. Actually, be the straight man. Like, actually go crazy. Right. Actually, shoot everybody on stage. Have actually, you, run off screaming and never come back. So, have either of you ever like gained an enormous amount of weight for a sketch? Uh, well, we did have a sketch called Baboon Hotel, mm-hmm. uh, in which we were all baboons. Uh, so I grew a bunch of body hair and I got like a big blue ass. Yeah, but we had to then, the thing that's so amazing about that is we did Baboon Hotel in the middle of the show, and then Stefan had to not be a baboon for the next sketch, mm-hmm. so he just was not a baboon. It was deep. Well, yeah. the nice thing we, is... We went real deep. The nice thing with you know sketch on stage is that it's always in chronological order. You know, you can do it in order, and I know for actors a lot of times they're like, that really helps. Well, as opposed to movies, right? I mean, yeah. exactly. you feel like film everything out of order, but like yeah. sketches, yeah. you really just live the same. I go to see movies and I'm like, what's happening? And I go to see a sketch and I'm like, I know what's happening. Yeah. There's, there are fewer edits yes. usually on a stage show. Right. Fewer close-ups. There's still some close-ups. Yeah. yeah. I mean, depending depending on the size of the theater and the, the uh, visual range yeah. of the performers. When we do a show, I like to think of it as the inception of sketch comedy shows. <laughs> really? Yes. Have you... Uh, okay, so to back up just a little bit. Now what? You <laughs> what? Wait, no, but we've been... We're no, I know. We're going to... About serious I want to go, I wanna serious. go down that okay. road, but just for our listeners, the two of you are in Elephant Larry yep. from New York. Yep. Is yep. it New York City? Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, there's New York State. Because New York's a big place. Yeah. I think we are. I think we can safely say we're from New York City. But do you say New York City when someone says where you're from? Do you usually just say New York? I think and you're we, like the city's implied. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a douche move to be like, I'm from New York, but you're from Utica. Yeah. You know? Well, but do you think like do people that are from Utica 
say they're from New York or do they like have to clarify? But you know, no, they're the too s- embarrassed. They just yeah, say New York. They, they, they hope that they don't even <laughs> they say just where they're lie from. there and cry. Okay. Yeah. Are you actually to totally seriously answer your question? Because I do think it's an interesting question. I think probably people from New York City say I'm from New York, and people from upstate say I'm from upstate New York or uh, I'm from New York State. Ah. Uh, yeah. In because fact, well, they actually, actually, because they know the next question that's coming, and they are like. Just yeah. trying to cut it off. What's, want, the, what's Mayor Bloomberg like? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if actually people in upstate resent the fact that anywhere but New York City is called upstate because New York City is the reference point for the entire state. Yeah. It's kind, kind of a do. jerk yeah. move of on, on New York State's part. Like yeah, a, geographically, um, it's not doesn't completely make no, sense. No, like exactly. You might be not really at the up part of the state. And they're just like, yeah. oh, I'm from upstate. Like, yeah. no matter, like anywhere outside of New York. Yeah. But we're from New York. But you're from New York. Elephant Larry is a five-person group, is that right? That's right. Yeah, there's five guys. Uh, we're but there's only of two of you here. Yeah. We're breaking off. What are those this other guys our, doing? We want to officially announce <laughs> that we're forming a super group called Elephant Larry <laughs> and kicking out the other three A members. super group? Yes. Doesn't a super group usually consist of... I think we know what a super group is called. Okay. Exactly. So I don't need to... Well, we're, we're, we're typically the face of Elephant Larry. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody, you know, performs and does stuff, but we're the famous ones. Why? Why? Because of our blazing good looks. Yeah, That's and their money. And our money. Yeah. You, you, we, we control it. So do you have to pay for it, or is it just that you have the money, then people are like, oh, okay. They, well, we make the other three members pay when we practice. <laughs> yeah, they pay for Mr. Bocard and Miss, Kabobble. Mrs. Kabobble. Do you know what her name is? I know she has that question mark at the end of her name. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> That's what. That's how she has that air of mystery. <laughs> yes. Mrs. Kabobble. Is she? Mrs. Yes. Is she yeah. Mrs. Kabobble? She is, though. That's the thing. Um, uh, there's five guys in the group. Uh, three other guys are back at the hotel taking showers right now. Okay. To be they're, totally they're honest. They're dirty. And you're here in Chicago for the Chicago Sketch Comedy Festival. This yep. is the 10th annual festival. How many? How many years has Elephant Larry? This is the seventh. This yeah. is the seventh Seven? year. Yeah, seventh year. We skipped last year because Stefan and I both had babies, not with mm. each other. No, and separate babies. Yes, <laughs> entirely separate babies, if you can believe it. It's weird. Uh, but, At the uh, same time? It's close. Four uh, months four apart. Months apart. Okay. They weren't like twins? <laughs> um... Oh boy, we have a lot of stuff to explain. Yeah, that would be creepy. If four, we well, four months apart is too much for twins. We, we had, we had yeah. four, well, actually, no, 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 we have babies four months apart, uh, but they both came out looking identical, and they're definitely <laughs> twins. Uh, my baby came out uh, four months early, and oh. so my baby was super small. But now they've caught up, and they're exactly alike. Well, it's yeah. good that they are like, you know, met. No, yeah, yeah, like yeah, in exactly. the middle it's, there. It's joint, yeah, yeah. Exactly. can I tell you, this is totally true, and true story. I don't know, this is one hundred percent true. Uh, I think it's seven times in recorded history people have gotten double pregnant. Oh, where they two different pre- people? Is, no, uh, not necessarily. Two, but so it's like they're carrying the two babies, but not the same. Yeah, they got pregnant, and then five months later got pregnant again with an entirely separate baby. And How so does that happen? And so they think, they think that they're like... They have their first baby, and they're like, they're great, like, oh. wait a second, there's still another baby in here. Oh. I mean, they usually find out. No, I think that's when they find out. They're <laughs> yeah. like, why am I not deflating? Yeah, I don't know how it works because it's happened so rarely, but it happened uh, a couple of months ago to a lady, which is, I guess, if I was Mrs. a woman. Mrs. Kerflunkel? I don't know who that is, but Mrs. <laughs> Kerbop, Kerbobble? That's how you say it. Which is basically Mrs. Kerbobble from, from I was talking about somebody else. <laughs> oh, okay. I yes. thought maybe it was her. You're right then. 
Well, it was her? Yeah, it was. You were totally uh, right on the mark. So weird yeah. that I kind of guessed that. Well, good job. <laughs> so you skipped last year <laughs> because <laughs> babies were just coming well, out we, of everywhere. Too much. Alex had just had, uh, had his child in like a month before, so there was like no... But what? now they're like a year old. And, they're oh, fine. Yeah. They're doing all yeah. kinds of shit. We, we don't just, need to be we there. We left some bread, some sandwich meat, <laughs> a couple of condiments One on of the those floor. Automatic yeah. feeders full of ham. <laughs> <laughs> I, did you test the ham? Because I don't know, like oh, consistency fine. wise. Fine. No, I mean for like the feeder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have it we like, ever had ham? No, I mean, was it like asking? in a? That's crazy. Did you like pellet? Did you make it like pellet size? Do I look ham? like somebody who tests ham? <laughs> For a no, living? I, I do not test him. Okay. We I just trust that it's going to That's going to throw out a whole bunch of my questions. Uh, so we're not not talking ham test. No. no okay. Not. But no, yes, hand pellets. You were correct. Hand no, okay. Uh, Alex's baby is a beautiful baby. He has the most beautiful baby in the entire world. Oh, now, Alex, you. I think it's time for you to... Yeah, your baby is a nice guy. Thank you. You have a really nice she, guy she, for a baby. She's a real nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Bell's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Are you the only members of Elephant Larry to have children? Uh, so far, uh, that we know of. Mm-hmm. Yes. The answer is yes. And has that caused any problems? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Are you doing uh, a lot more sketches about, about babies? No, Steph and I. I, I actually, totally, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, we've totally talked about it a bunch of times. We, when uh, Penny, my daughter, was three months old yeah. and uh, Katie Bell was seven months old, we tried to write sketches with them over, which was. We were actually kind of happy because we got about a half a sketch out the entire time that we were hanging out there together. But we've tried not to write sketches about babies. Though I actually really liked, you had an idea for an entire show in which we would have the babies in baby carriers on us the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and what we were going to do Is was... Is that part of the super group? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, we would do it as an Elvin Larry show. And we say, hey, guys, sorry, our wives wanted to have a wife night out. So Just inconveniently. So we got to take care of the babies. So we'd have the babies and the Bjorns mm-hmm. on us. Uh, and we'd have to... We just perform the entire show really right. quietly so that they don't get too upset. And if they get hungry, we have to stop the sketch and feed them mm-hmm. all the sound effects. Like if we have a gunshot sound effect, it would have been replaced with uh, a lullaby, mm-hmm. for example. So again, we don't upset the babies or anything like Which that. Which I thought was a fun idea. But yeah, then, but the other guys were like, we don't get no, it. No, no, thank you. Yeah, no. No. You don't understand our new lives. <laughs> And like everything's totally different for us. I mean, like we're kind of better people now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So super group. Yeah, so super are they? Is there? There's like a jealousy there. Oh, they're so jealous of uh, all the time that we don't have anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the sleep we don't have anymore. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, all sleep you don't have. My baby sleeps all night, all night, every night. So she's a nice guy. Yeah, she's. A what can nice I say? <laughs> Your group is really. You do lots of video stuff, mm-hmm. um, and but you're also definitely a stage group. How can we talk a little bit about uh, how those two things coexist? I think it's changed over time. Yeah. We, you know, not to get too much into the history of comedy, but I think when we started out, nobody was really doing video. When did you start? Like what year did the group 2002. Okay. Yeah, I think that's 2002. right. We were in college together uh, in upstate New York. Uh, wait, wait, I think I know this. Yes. Cornell University. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we were all in college together, so we knew each other there. Uh, Stefan and I graduated before the three other guys. Uh, when they graduated, they say, came down to New York. This is actually all tying together really nicely. Uh, all part of my plan. Good job. Yeah. You're really good. You're a nice guy, too. <laughs> interviewer. You're a nicer guy than Katie Bell. Katie I'm sorry. Bell? That's my, that's my daughter. Oh. My daughter's Katie Bell. Okay. Well... Yeah. 
I mean, I've got, you know, you're, you're pre- you're we're not in direct competition, <laughs> you're, you're as far as I know. You're as pretty as she is. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you're you. You're a much better baby, though. Could okay. you guys okay. do a show where I'm strapped to you <laughs> in a baby Bjorn? Yes. Yes, tonight. Okay. Yes. I don't like to hear your gunshots, though. Yeah. No, that's fine. So uh, we performed, you know, stage for a while. Uh, I had uh, taken some film classes and stuff, so I had a camera, so we just started shooting some stuff. And I think this was, to you know, make us sound really old, this was before YouTube. So we would shoot the videos and we would put them up on our website. And as soon as YouTube got launched, uh, we tried to, we thought, hey, let's try it out. So let's the way if this YouTube's going to go anywhere. Well, at the time, I think nobody really it, knew what was going to happen before uh, Chronicles of Narnia, the Lonely the, Island yeah. video that really blew up YouTube and blew up, you know, online video. But For a second, I didn't you guys made that. <laughs> yeah, we made that. Uh, we're uh, the name of our group is Saturday Night Live. <laughs> The, the thing about it, though, is that we started off the way we would use video is to cover set changes. That's pretty much why we did it. Right. We did it because we had a camera. We wanted to play around with video uh, and we wanted to cover set changes. And that's generally how we used it for, I think, I would say a year or two for shows. Yeah. And then as online video really started to blow up and become more of the focus of sketch comedy, I think that split a little bit more. Uh, and now we're at the point where we feel like for the most part, if we're going to do a live show, let's just do it a live just show. Be live. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to do video, let's just do video. Yeah. So was that? I didn't see the show last night. How was was that? How was it all live stuff? There was, was there were two sh- very short video clips, uh, and they were sort of just to flesh out a sketch a little bit. And that's very different from what we would do even say two years ago, where there would be a video between every single right. sketch. I think I we saw have, you in like 2007 or 2008, and it was like that, yeah. where it was like in between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, we, we had a show that we ran in 2005 where I think, like, like that's where we would premiere new videos. It's like they would be in the show. If you want to see the video, you had to come to the show. And I think we did, like, like I think a video between every sketch, and it was sort of like, like seven or eight new videos. Yeah. The tough thing about it, I think, is that audiences like to watch TV. Mm-hmm. So if you put on a video, they instantly sort of sit down, they, they relax. relax, and they say, oh, cool, we're watching TV, yay, this is fun. And it's hard to get them back into the live experience. It changes their just their mm-hmm. mindset of what they're like experiencing. Exactly. Because for live stuff, I think the audiences tend to be more engaged, they sit up, it's not, it's not like let's relax and see a show, it's something that you're kind of actively watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, our, our general philosophy now, and I think this is actually filtering through a lot of sketch groups at the same time is if people are making the effort to come out to a theater and sit in a theater and watch a live show and they've paid money for it, why not give them a live experience rather than something they can get on their computer or get online anyway? Because I think people feel cheated if it's something that they can watch any old time and you're just doing it in a big room. Yeah. You know? uh, that said, uh, you know, it's sort of these two things going on at the same time where people clearly enjoy it because they enjoy watching TV. But I think groups started, including us even, uh, started to use it as a crutch a little bit. Um, I started to see groups, and we never did this, but groups would have a solid block of video uh, 10 minutes at the end, 15 minutes at the end of their show. And that's how they'd end their show. They'd say, and now watch some movies, you guys. And just drive me crazy as an audience member, I think. Yeah, exactly. I didn't like watching that. So that certainly affected us when we were putting together our shows. And so now it's also more fun for us. You know, if we're going to go out and perform a show, I'd rather actually perform a show than sit back and listen to people watch, you know, laugh at stuff that we've done previously. And so we've deliberately also, like, stripped down. Like, we used to do a lot more sort of, like, big costume numbers and, you know, things that required a lot of changes and you use the video to cover that. But I think we've had a 
much more stripped down show recently so we can have it be sort of like lean and mean like lights only go out for like 10 seconds and then they're back up again and we have a new sketch mm-hmm. and I think it makes for a tighter punchier live show you know yeah so then how do you does that help inform what kinds of ideas end up being videos versus end up being stage pieces um, I think so I always think it's kind of fluid uh, you know you need to do something, this is going to sound very dumb, but you need to do something visually interesting with a video. It can't just be dudes talking to each other and that's pretty much it. There needs to be some sort of feel and look for it that's different. Um, one thing that we talk about a lot is there's no reason to do commercial sketches anymore live on stage. At that point, just take those, put them on video because a commercial... It should look like a commercial. Exactly. It shouldn't look like people standing on stage doing something. On the other hand, if you do have these things that are more character pieces or people actually talking to each other and interacting a little more like people, that's something you can do that's a little more theatrical that you can do on stage, and I think it works better there. Exactly. And I think like as we've been sort of uh, making a lot of new videos, I think we've been pulling out the ones that we never really we're able to fully visualize on stage. So, I mean, there's definitely stuff where it's like you put it on stage and it's kind of got a compromise because, you know, you can't show, you know, like, like everything in the way that you can with the video. So I think like the ones we've been doing recently are ones where it's like, oh, well, this actually looks a lot more like the world it's supposed to be in, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Well, and the, your videos, the production value is pretty high. Like they look like, you guys really know what you're doing. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> how did that happen? Because, uh, I mean, that's not... Well, we, how, how is that happening? <laughs> we tricked everybody. Uh, so are you collaborating with a lot of other people on the production of that sort of thing? More or are people often, within the group doing that? More often recently. I mean, we're pretty lucky because, I, like I said, I have the camera. I've taken film classes and done stuff like that. So I feel pretty comfortable with the shooting. Stefan is a professional graphic designer. Jeff, uh, who's one of the other guys in the group, is a professional musician and uh, sound designer. And the two other guys are really, are really, really great guys. They have good they're personalities. Some of the they, guys. they do stuff. They yeah. do I mean, they're in the group. They don't have yeah. kids. <laughs> <laughs> and and recently, I've also started like uh, you know working in After Effects and doing animation and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and Stefan's been doing an awesome job with that. I think we did a video. Uh, a while ago, uh, the the most ambitious thing that we did uh, was a year ago, two years ago. We did a independent pilot that we shot called the Wow. The wow, right? Yeah, that was like a parody of the stuff you see in movie theaters, uh, the, the, the twenty pre-roll. and yeah, yeah where it's, it's like these, a coming attractions type, almost infotainment, almost, yeah, entertainment magazine, exactly. Yeah. And that was something where we actually really expanded for the first time to get back to your question where we went outside of the group and you know not even necessarily called in favors but got as many friends as possible to help out we called in favors we called (laughs) Uh, we got friends to help out shoot stuff be extras uh act in it uh you know dp it do the lighting do the sound pretty much anything we can do and that i think was the first time you started playing around with the effects Mm -hmm. and the thing that was so great about that is like Stefan was saying that also freed us to do more things so last week we released a video uh, about the Smurfs and did that on a green screen Stefan did an awesome job of creating a cartoon background shrinking people down to look like Smurfs uh, doing special effects for it and that's something that we wouldn't have even been able to do six yeah, months ago. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that video you're talking about is called is it called Gargamel eats a yeah eats Gargamel a Smurf. finally eats a Smurf. finally eats a Smurf. Yeah. Now, was that 
like timing wise, is that very aware of the fact that there's a Smurf movie coming out? And you know, I mean, I know, I mean, that's just obviously, no, no, but, it's, but it's, I mean, I, I just, a lot of your, um, a lot of your videos and, and the stage stuff is very like pop culture kind of conscious, uh, conscious. And I'm just wondering if that like is the main driving force of like how you, how you're developing ideas or just, or if it's like you do this one piece cause you're like, well, this can be a thing to like get some promotion and like get, like people are thinking about this right now. Um, like how, how, um, uh, no, I think I know what you're saying. And the answer is not at all. <laughs> yeah. We're actually probably not conscious of, uh, things like that to a fault. Mm -hmm. We talk about it. You know, we talk about, we love talking about movies. We love talking about TV, pop culture, all that stuff. So it certainly filters through. But the Gargamel sketch was written probably two or three years ago. And we performed on stage a bunch. We just did it now because we're doing this uh, project online with a couple of other groups called Comedy Thunder, where every week we do a different video on a topic. And this week we knew was imaginary things or people. And when we were looking through our catalog of sketches that we had, Gargamel jumped out uh, because that's yeah. imaginary things and people. Is that a physical catalog? Like, is it like a series catalog? <laughs> yeah, we have a big warehouse. Uh, You've seen the last uh, scene in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that, but bigger. Exactly. Wow. You yeah. would not believe. That seems like it would be hard just to um, you know how keep big track of things. Sketches are really big. They can be. I mean, <laughs> it depends on how big. ambitious the group is. I don't yeah. know if you, you know this, but we keep them on SideQuest discs. <laughs> yes, I do remember SideQuest discs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those were big. Yeah, we yeah. can keep like two or three sketches on one disc. You might want to like, like, just at least move to zip discs. Oh no, well, we have a jazz drive that we're about a to upgrade to. Jazz drive, all right. Uh, okay, microfiche. I just wanted to throw that in there. That's so nice. I had something to contribute so, to the conversation. Thank back. you, Alex. Right. Someone's too far back. Punch no cards. Punch cards. Uh, we have an abacus that we keep all our sketches on. Oh, yeah. uh, rock. Mm? I'm sorry. I just still wanted to contribute. Yeah. Mm. I have a bronze kettle that I keep all my sketches in at home. I think uh, Rock is older than that. I know. Okay. <laughs> rock is the second oldest thing I'm, after I'm not, prostitution. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to best him. I'm just saying that I, I also know. have a kettle. <laughs> okay, Alex, I just, I'm misinterpreting. You're so special yeah. with your Rock. You can't even keep a sketch in your Rock. Man, this is like the pot calling the kettle friends. I love you. <laughs> nice. Uh, can I actually, uh, just to get back to what we were talking about with uh, focusing on pop culture, because this is something that I actually believe very strongly in, uh, is I don't like the idea of chasing views, which is something that I think a, a lot of groups do. Um, and again, like Stefan said, we probably should be doing this, so this uh, instinct that I have is probably incorrect. But I don't like the idea that people say, what movie is coming out? All right, I'm gonna do something on the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, rather than focusing on what idea is funny and what makes us laugh, because when you focus on what idea is funny and makes you laugh, hopefully then you have a better chance of doing a good video. And then when you do something that is timely, like, I don't know how timely the Gargamel thing is because the Smurfs movie is coming out during the summer, but conceivably maybe it will get a bump then or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think a better example is uh, we recently put up this Black Swan trailer remix. And that was, I went to, I was going to see Black Swan, had an idea on the way over, was thinking about it during the movie, talked to Jeff, one of the other guys in the group, 
about doing the idea, and we just edited it together and put it up, and it got, it's probably up about 40,000 views right now. It was but, a quick thing, that, like you had an idea and then you just executed it. Exactly, but I think the reason that I wanted to do that was not, oh boy, we're gonna get a lot of views. It was because the idea made me laugh. Right. Uh, and as a lucky <laughs> coincidence, we got a lot of views there. On the other hand, what I see a lot of groups do is they get a hit because something is timely, and then they say, okay, what else is timely? What else is gonna get us views? And they start with that rather than a funny idea that makes them laugh. And it cheapens the material. Well, the, the, the problem also can be is that you're gonna get people who are there just to see this thing that's very sort of of the moment and it's not gonna gain you the same kind of fan as if some of you like, you put out the stuff that really makes you laugh and the people who connect with it are people who really kind of understand your group. So, I mean, the, the risk is that you put out a, a video uh, that is, you know, very timely, and then you kind of get like, oh, that's very popular. I have to make more stuff like that as opposed to more stuff that I like. Mm -hmm. You know. So you, Elf and Larry made a video called Minesweeper that was like very popular. Like it was definitely like a, everyone was like, it was a very, it was just a viral kind of video for a, a certain period of time. But then you didn't go and say, well, let's make other, let's make solitaire. And <laughs> we get asked all the time. People say, oh man, I saw your Minesweeper video. Are you going to do a full -length solitaire movie. hearts? Uh, we mm -hmm. definitely got asked. I, they, people said, I can't wait to see the movie. You should do a series of it. And that's a, an example of something we actually discussed in a meeting, I think, for a little while of this is popular. I think now it's up yeah. over 10 million views or something like that. Uh, should we flesh that out into a series? Like, do we do have anything more funny to say about Minesweeper? And, and we talked about it, and we came up with a couple of ideas, but it didn't feel like anything we wanted to actually spend time doing. Mm -hmm. It probably, you know, who can predict this stuff, but it probably would have gotten views. It would have, you know, been good for us career-wise because more people would have been fans and said, oh, cool, more Minesweeper, but it's exactly that thing we're talking about because if we did that then we would have to do Solitaire the movie, we would have to do Hearts the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and we've worked on projects before where we love, where somebody was like, all right, well, do X, Y, X, Y, and Z, and we, we try to work on it, but if our heart's not in it, it's kind of hard to get us to do stuff. We're kind of stubborn that way. Right. Yeah. What happens when a video gets 10 million views? Oh, Money. Your, your life just changes. Money, it's amazing. I mean, we get to go to Chicago Sketch Fest. Like, We're doing know. podcast interviews. Wow, are you shitting on podcast interviews? <laughs> no, I'm saying. Wow, I'm saying our life is about the same, and it's very nice. Thank you. That came out poorly. Well, no, but I guess you're nicer than Katie. Bell. <laughs> Katie Bell's a nice guy. I'm She's nicer than a lot of one-year-olds. She's a one and a half. Okay. All right. Well, then I so I take it differently. Thank the compliment. Um, she has a bronze pot. It's. It does. I mean, it, well, okay, like. You make a video, you put it online, obviously you want a lot of people to watch it, just like you want a lot of people to come see the show. And then when 10 million people watch it, it's like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Like, well, that's what you wanted to happen, right? And then, but I would think that there's certain, like, fallout from that of either being like, well, if 10 million people watch this and, like, that didn't really mean it, like, what does that mean? Like what's that feel uh, like to you? And then you make another video and like only a thousand people watch it and, and how that kind of, it, I feel like there's gotta be some reaction to um, well, seeing one video get so popular well, and then the, making it make you rethink 
there's other a, things. There's a lot of people who have seen Mind Super, the movie, who then don't connect it to Elephant Larry whatsoever, right? I mean, I think, like, something gets passed around like that. It's very easy for, you know, the Elephant Larry name not to be, you know, part of that in, in a way. Where if people are passing around Mind Super, the movie, they're not passing around Elephant Larry. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's, it's one thing for Mind Sweeper to get, you know... Million, taught you to millions, brand yourself millions, more in the videos? <laughs> 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 just, it, we, we gotta have a hype man in the back of all of our videos shouting out our Larry, name. Elephant Larry! 2K9! 2K9! Just keep it 2K9. 2K9. Best year. <laughs> best a, year we ever that had. Was, that was a great year. Really good. Oh, the economy was wonderful. Yeah. We... <laughs> it, it helps. It, what it does is it opens doors to other things. It's... If we are in a meeting and we're trying to do a web series or we're trying to uh, get money to do another video or something like that, we bring up Minesweeper and people have probably seen it. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they know us. in that world. Yeah, exactly. So it helps in terms of that. In terms of the 10 million views versus 1,000 views thing, I don't I, I don't care. I mean, for, I mean, one one thing it definitely did was that, I mean, like, we have been making videos with College Humor and that we collaborated with them on Minesweeper, the movie. And so it definitely encouraged them to make more videos uh, with us. And so we've had a really nice, steady relationship with them um, creatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the other thing in terms of view numbers is I think people focus on it too much. It's very hard not to focus on it, but I think everybody it's focuses. It's a number. Exactly. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's a palpable thing. how popular you are. <laughs> but I still think about it as, you know, we're performing here at Chicago Sketchfest, which they have a really nice size theater. What is it? Uh, 120, 150 seats? Something like that? Maybe it's I'm not more? Sure. I'm not sure what the capacity is. Let's say it's 150 it's seats. It's 5,000. <laughs> um, we and all kinds of things. We sell out the shows here and those are awesome audiences. And then if a video gets 1,000 views, that's more than all of the people that are going to come see the shows here. So that's mm-hmm. still pretty cool. I'm still okay Half with that. Half of those people think we're gay, though. That's true. And, and that we should do something else with our time. Yes, and that they want their time back. Exactly. Yeah. Half of the people watching the videos. <laughs> no, are you watching going our live shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I thought maybe you were going based on comments. I mean, that's that, based, that, that was <laughs> yeah. the gist of it. But the, uh, it would be nice, I think, if the audience could tell us, like, during specific parts of the show, when they thought we were gay. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like, like it if they you, could rate thumbs if, up or thumbs down or they, or, after or, or if they could just, like, shout it out when we do something that they think is totally gay. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be, that'd be neat. We should try that for this show. That would be good. Just encourage people to comment during the show. Feel free to comment during the show anytime. (laughs) Also, feel free that if you get bored at any point, just wander off and watch another show. (laughs) After being in the... Here's a bunch of other shows that are listed on the side of our show if you want to click on it. Oh, related shows. Having been a group for so long, is there like a group aesthetic that you know, like if you really wanted to do something like that, can you right away be like that's not something that that's not the kind of group that we are because there's some groups that do that kind of stuff you know that are like do very um like self-aware sketch comedy where they're like making commentary on the fact that they're doing sketch comedy mm-hmm. during the show and that sort of thing we've been playing around with that a little bit uh we the show that we're doing here at chicago is uh, using a little bit of a show called elephant larry's Treehouse uh that we did back in april yep um and that is a little more aware of being a show and a little more aware of being sketch comedy. And that is actually out of a conversation we had where we said, hey, let's try to do a show and let's try to do some sketches where it's us in the sketches rather than us playing characters uh, and be a little looser and be a little, uh, like you're saying, more self-aware of what's going on. And that's, 
an aesthetic we decided to try. The way that we came at it was, because it was out of our wheelhouse, is we said, okay, this is something we want to try. Let's see if we can write some sketches that we actually think are funny in this aesthetic. Uh, and we spent a weekend writing a bunch of those sketches, came back, read the sketches, and there were enough of them that we said, okay, you know what? This is really making us laugh, and this is really fun, and this is really funny, at least to us. So I think we can probably keep going with this. I mean, but I, if it hadn't worked, we would not have done yeah. that. But I mean, I think in general, we do have a very tight group aesthetic. I think there's like a, we spend a lot of time editing our sketches. So even if, you know, we tend to write in groups of twos and we'll bring in the sketches, but then the entire group sort of takes cracks at comments and editing and working through the sketches and massaging them. And so I think the end product tends to be an Elephant Larry product. Like, I think you like, we can kind of, we try to really pare everything down to its core set of jokes, you know, so it's as tight as possible. And I think, like, that ends up feeling like my Elephant Larry sketch. The, I, th I think Stefan is absolutely right, that the core aesthetic of Elephant Larry isn't something like pop culture or anything else. It's, is this a good idea? Mm -hmm. That if, in its essence, there is not a really strong concept or idea at the center of a sketch, we just won't do it. Yeah. If it feels murky at all when somebody brings it in, we won't do it. If it doesn't feel like something that we can really tighten and hone down with editing and writing, we won't do it. If it doesn't work once we put it on its feet and it feels murky, then we're not gonna do it. Anything that to us doesn't feel like it's completely crisp and hitting the game of the sketch in every single line and pushing that game forward, I don't think we're gonna be interested in doing it, if yeah, that makes I mean, sense. I mean, there's a lot of times that we, like a sketch will come in and have lots of funny parts and sort of there's, there's lines in there that we love and things like that, but if ultimately there's no like unifying idea for it, we just gotta throw it away. So. Do you work with the director? No. no. We've tried that once before, and there's nothing inherently wrong with it. Uh, we just, we feel like bringing in somebody from the outside who is going to direct uh, means absolutely trusting that person with our aesthetic and with our ideas. Uh, and we just don't know anybody who we trust. <laughs> <laughs> We're very paranoid. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we I, trust I, each other. We trust the yeah. five guys in the group, and each the person who. This has actually, I think, changed over time, but it used to be that the person who wrote the sketch would direct the sketch, and to a certain extent, they still have final say on what happens. But for the most part, now since we have such a groove going and have been together so long and really understand how the other people work. If we're going to do a sketch on stage, everybody really knows what they're doing. They know where to go on stage and where to walk on stage. We play around with it a little bit. People make suggestions. It, it's a lot more of group direction than having one director. Um, I think at this point we could not bring in a director. It would just, no, I don't it think would so. just be too weird. That being said, we've shot videos where we have had outside directors, and it works fine. It's not like we're like, fuck you. Well, like, well, and, so and, like, and the video thing is totally different, right? I mean, I think yeah. like, uh, it, like directing a video is totally different than directing a stand, like sure. stand sketch. Yeah. But so when you, do, like when you did the Smurf video, who mm -hmm. directed that? I did. You directed it? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to expand on that. <laughs> no, it's, it's still a very collaborative process. I mean, I'm the guy mm -hmm. working with the DP behind the camera and uh, getting the shots together and just sort of keeping the outside eye to make sure we're getting everything and we're hitting all the right points and we have enough footage to edit to. But at the same time, the other guys in the group will say, hey, uh, can we get a shot like this? Um, or I think it would be important to get this. And it's still 
everybody making sure that we're getting the best video we possibly can because for better or for worse, for better or for worse, the group is a democracy. So for are there, are there, worse there... is my favorite hot dog place, by the way. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a nice guy. It's a nice guy. Yeah. You like those uh, New York hot dogs versus Chicago hot dogs? Have you had Chicago hot dogs? New York, is there yeah, a difference? Yes. Uh, well, New York hot dogs are kind of are amazing, but they're just garbage. It's yes, like a White Castle burger. As far yeah. as I know, uh, Chicago hot dogs come from 7-Eleven. That's where I had my hot dog from last night. That's really it was good not good. Oh. There's there's a place just a couple doors down though. I don't understand why you didn't actually buy a hot dog. I don't from the real know place. actually. That, I don't that, know. That, we actually, use a hot dog for a sketch that I have to eat during a sketch, and we said, "Oh, okay, well, let's go to Seven Eleven, knowing full well that there's a hot dog place two doors I down." I think you made a giant mistake. I sure did. It was well, the you worst have a hot dog chance I've ever eaten. to uh, redeem yourself. No, 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 I think no. I'll go we, to we, we want the show to be consistent. <laughs> Consistency is more important. Yeah, to we us. don't want people, you know, sitting in the audience being like, "Different hot dog than last <laughs> night, gay." Yeah. Just like thumbs down. (laughs) Tell me a little more about the wow. It's a, it's, you made, it's a pilot. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like 20 minutes long and the whole thing is edited. Like the entertainment, we already went over that. I'm just repeating that. Sure. Let's go. Just in case (laughs) people are just tuning in. Just in case you just, (laughs) just in case you were (laughs) falling asleep (laughs) in the middle of this podcast. Just in case you just fast forward to the middle. Can you you tell me? This is where the really raunchy stuff is going to happen. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You you can swear. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I was was holding back. Really? Oh, I just want to talk about assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's switch to that. No, no, no. Let's talk about the well. Okay. But if you want to bring in asshole talk during it, they're very related. Okay, why? How did this come about? Why'd you do it? And uh, <laughs> why did you do it? Why'd you do that? <laughs> why uh, did you have to go and build that thing? Uh, <laughs> why? You know, I think uh, this is going to sound actually very repetitive, but it comes from the same place where we were talking about: Do we want to do a bigger project? Do we want to? Uh, you know, we've gone in and pitched TV shows before and come up with pitches, and we've done pitch sheets and fleshed out worlds for shows, uh, and we eventually said, hey, you know, why don't we try actually filming a pilot? Why don't we do a pilot ourselves? It's much more fun to do something as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to write about what I'm going to do. Right. And it's also, I think, easier for us to actually write the whole thing in a weird way than, you know, flesh it out in one page. Uh, It's just harder for us to get a handle on what's actually funny when we're describing something rather than actually doing it. I think that's probably true for everybody. So we said, okay, Let's come up with some pilot ideas. What do we want to do? Brainstorm a bunch of pilot ideas. And this was the idea that everybody got crazy excited about. We got really excited about the wow. We thought it was really funny. It was really a great opportunity to do a stealth sketch comedy show uh, because a lot of people on TV in particular are not quite interested in doing a sketch comedy show. So you've got to find a different avenue to do it. There, there, there's, a, there's a preconceived notion that sketch shows on TV do not work. So, like, especially when pitching, they're like, all right, all right, all right, I understand that you want to do a sketch show. Yeah, of course, everybody wants to do a sketch show. We're not going to do one. So we're trying to, like, fool them into maybe doing a sketch show. <laughs> right. So that was a little part of it, was saying, okay, we could do a sketch comedy show because you have this format where you're doing entertainment promos, and it could conceivably be a music video. It could be a commercial. It could be a behind-the-scenes. Uh, you can do stuff with the uh, the rap. You know, the, the what we have is we have a very cheesy Ryan Seacrest tie type host uh, doing the whole thing. So we have 
a whole list of ideas of if there were further episodes, things that he could do behind the scenes that could work there, that could flesh out that world. And we just kept throwing out ideas. Everybody was really excited about it. We were excited. I, I want to be very, you know, I want to stress, it wasn't like, here's our in into the industry. It was more we couldn't stop talking about it. Right. And we couldn't stop talking about fun ideas and, oh, here's an idea for a sketch. So we did, again, to be repetitive, the same sort of thing, where we spent a weekend, wrote as many as we could, came back, thought the sketches that we brought in were awesome and really, really excited, and we thought they were really funny, and we thought, great, we can do this. And like personally, I was excited, because one of my favorite things is that I, I love style parodies, and I really, really, really enjoy sort of like uh, taking the essence of, of, of something and sort of like trying to, mm -hmm. trying to make a funny version of that. And so like that was like a big turn on for me, that I was like, yeah. we had to do a lot of that. And then we treated it the same way we treat a show, which is we wrote way too many sketches for the pilot, and then decided which ones we really thought were the funniest and worked the best, and those are the ones that we put in, with few exceptions. There were one or two, I think, that we just actually could not do at all, because budget-wise or... So which one are you talking about? Uh, should I mention, just in case? Yeah, we, go ahead. Okay. No, uh, I think it was, what was it called? Ice Road? Oh, no? I, oh it was, uh, wait. Uh, <laughs> Ice Road, cra wait, crab shit. I don't know. It was basically combining uh, Deadliest Catch, Ice Road Truckers, and something else. Uh, Axemen. And Axemen, yeah. So Ax it was basically... Axe Crab Truckers. Axe Crab Truckers, that's what it was. It was <laughs> the guys who drive the trucks into the trees to knock the crabs down. Sure. Um, man, I... <laughs> and we, we, we just could not We've talked out about it for a really long like, time, and we're like, well, we could build it. some models, I guess. I don't know. And it just seemed like it was... Well, it's kind of like you... It, once you've set up that the show looks real and that the production value of the show is a certain way, you couldn't you couldn't suddenly do it with a model or something exactly. because like, everything else is yeah exactly. totally is is so high budget looking. Like, did you see that snake and snake leg? <laughs> I think you know it's interesting that the format that you picked is a format that is sort of like hypnotically watchable, like. When you when those shows are on, there's a quality about them that you just like you can't turn you can't turn them on. You get like sucked in, and it's like junk entertainment. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, the way it's edited and the way they do the flashy, you know, the graphics and all that stuff, it makes you kind of just stay tuned, and it it works to your well, advantage. And it's a 20 minute video, and at first you're like, who's gonna watch a 20 minute video? online but because of the pacing and everything of that format it kind of tricks you well things. i think that the things that we like tried the most to ape is the sheer recursiveness of it so like, like the way we wrote the host character is that he's recapping everything all the time oh yeah like, you just saw this thing now coming up is this thing after which you're going to see this thing and don't forget that you previously saw this other thing and it's like there's like six or seven recaps in the course of yeah. the whole video it yeah. comes from uh the genesis of the wow is a behind the scenes featurette for van helsing <laughs> Actually, that played in theaters in a 20s-style thing. What were we seeing? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. Uh, but that's entirely where it comes from, where they're talking so excitedly about Van Helsing. And it's... Is it Catherine oh, Zeta-Jones is in it? No, no, no. It's Wait, Kate Beckinsale. It? Yes. The two phrases that stuck out to us that we kept talking about is, it's romantic with a capital R, <laughs> which they were really excited about. And the best like one it just, is... It's just like gushing. It's like... <laughs> Romantic with a capital R. I was like, yeah. it's amazing. Really. Yeah, and yeah. Stephen Summers saying, I just thought about what if there was a party at Dracula's castle? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just almost like, it's 
you know, it's like, we're going to take you deep behind the scenes, but it's the most like surface, like superficial, like, like look at the making of any movie, you know, right. it's just like sound bites and maybe you see somebody filming something. I feel like when I watch a movie, no matter what I think about it, when I watch the special feature stuff later, I, I start thinking, well, maybe that was better than I, like, I might've hated the movie and then I watched the special features and I'm like, maybe I just didn't get it. These people seem like really, they're really into it. Wait, like wait, wait. they're all trying really hard. Let me rewind. All right. So you watch a movie that you hate yeah. and then you're like, you know what? I got to find out how they made this movie. I want to know, hate. like, cause sometimes I'll see a movie that I hate and I think, you know, how did it get to be here? How did this happen? Like, did not, nobody on set was like, look, I think there's a problem with this, you know? So, well, it's, I mean, so you I, think I, they're going to put like that, that on the DVD? The, uh, they're going to, they have a DVD special feature called <laughs> How the Problems Happened. <laughs> I would well, love to there, see that. There, there are certain movies where you watch it and you're like, oh no, I understand. <laughs> like, like you watch the special feature and like, I see exactly where you went wrong. Like, especially as they're talking about it. Like, and that's it. Like, I found actually, I've, I've seen a bunch of like the Star Wars special features for like the, the prequels. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh. I get it. Yeah, well, have you seen those uh, Mr. Plinkett's or whatever? I just, just watched the Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, all those clips he uses from the behind-the-scenes stuff like make it seem it's, so it's obvious. It's so damning, like, right? Like, how were we sitting there before episode one came out and, like, thinking, oh, yeah, the, I, no red flags here. Man, <laughs> Everything know, looks I, great. I saw episode and then in retrospect, you're like, wow, how did we miss this? I saw episode one six times in the theaters. Really? Without, I think, ever totally liking it. I, it was some weird compulsion for me. I've heard very similar stories I did the like same that. Thing. I think I saw it five times in the theaters. Yeah. Well, we like, saw it the first time together. together. Yeah. yeah, we waited out, you know, for it, and we sat outside. We actually, we actually showed up the night before, but the mall security kicked us out because they're like, nobody's lining up right now. Just yeah, come on, come back tomorrow. <laughs> so oh, we came okay. back tomorrow. Came back tomorrow. We came back the next day. We were first, first in line. No, we were second in. Line. We were second in line. So uh, we were you did, in costume? No, but we, you had your Darth Maul inflatable chair. I had my Darth Maul inflatable chair, and I had a boombox that played the Imperial March when they let us in. And then I made a sign that said, line for mummy tickets starts here. And the entire day, people freaked out, and they're like, oh my god, is the mummy sold out? Is that what this is for? The mummy wasn't sold out. No, no. absolutely not. Wow. Yeah, but like, uh, I mean, like, I was the same way when I saw Strange Wilderness. I got, like, the three-disc special edition and watched all the special features. I don't, I don't know that film. Did you really? Uh, no, goodness. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> it's a Steve Zahn film. Oh, my God. It was the worst thing. It was one of the worst put-together films I think I've ever seen. That was unbelievably terrible. Was it worse than uh, Meet the Spartans? It was, no, it was a different level because it wasn't going for that. Like, Meet the Spartans was awful, but at least it was kind of like... This is exactly what we're doing, and you know what to expect. Strange Wilderness was just like an incredible mess. Is that one where there's like a Bigfoot? Yeah, they're searching for okay. Bigfoot, and there's a scene with uh, Robert Patrick's penis in it. Okay, that's horrifying. Yeah, like as a separate character. Well, no. <laughs> Does he play Bigfoot? Does it play Bigfoot? <laughs> no, there's the, the Bigfoot scenes are also bad, and then everything else is also terrible. Yeah, I, I was going to say I think the penis could have played Bigfoot with the Kowalski method. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a callback. That's yeah. what they call that. They call Everybody that a callback. remembers that thing we talked about earlier. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Now they fell asleep and then fast forwarded. Well, this, is good, this is where the good shit is. <laughs> Real raunchy. Tune in now. <laughs> Actually, it did get raunchy. We were talking about Bigfoot's penis. That's true. It's pretty well, raunchy. Try I, mean, to, try, try I wonder if he ever. likes Jack Slink's beef jerky. Yeah? Yeah, but I said that poorly. He probably likes to fuck it. Yeah, probably. Getting nasty. Yeah. 
No assholes, though. No. Did we answer your question about the wow? <laughs> uh, let me think. What was what, the question? What, what, well, the question y- you did, but I have another. It, it begs other questions. Good. Is, that a fra- is that a correct phrase? Yes, it begs other questions. It begs the question. Yeah. Begs the question? Sure. It's, I think the phrase is, I want to beg for a question. <laughs> May I beg for a question, <laughs> sir? The yes. question as big as me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Listen, boy, take this coin. Get me the biggest question in all of London down. <laughs> oh, oh, the one that says, what's the meaning of life, sir? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, Monty Python. What? Yeah, it's no, kind of Monty Python. They don't, they don't own the meaning of life. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They the phrase? A, they just made a movie called The Meaning of Life. I guess. They trademarked it, I think. Yeah. Did they? So your question about the wow. My question about the wow that stems from hearing you answer the other question about the wow. You said that you didn't do it like, oh, we'll make this pilot. But when you make a pilot, you're obviously trying to make a TV show. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, we made it to submit to the New York Television Film Festival. Okay. Um, Which didn't work out. Yeah, they didn't want it. (laughs) So, but I mean, that was was the... What is that? It's a uh, annual festival in which basically there's a pilot competition and people submit independent pilots yeah. and then the pilots get screened for industry audiences. The way that we came at that, just to be ultra clear about it, is we said, okay, we know this deadline is coming up. We know we work better with deadlines or than with... we work with deadlines. Yeah, that's a We don't more, work if we don't have deadlines. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we set that as a deadline and we said, okay, best case scenario, it gets into this festival. Worst case scenario, we have just made a pilot for ourselves. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we showed it around to people. People really liked it, uh, you know, and we're still showing it around to people. But at a certain point, we thought we want other people to see it. And there's so many people that worked on it that we want them to be able to show it to their friends and say, hey, look at this thing that I worked on, that we threw it up on YouTube, thinking, okay, maybe it'll you know, get a couple of hips, uh, hits, hopefully. Hips. Yeah, it'll get a couple of hips. That's what we call hips. It's the beast with 20 million hips. <laughs> yeah, man, I really can't talk today. I'm sorry about that. Uh, That's but, okay. It's not important for this sort of thing. Well, you know, actually, <laughs> most of our uh, good ideas come from us not hearing each other yeah. or yeah. missaying things. Totally. Sometimes I'll, like, be skimming, you know, Twitter or over here, and I think... They say something I think is really cool, and I hope that I misheard them. Because I'm like, I just got a great idea if I misheard them. If I read that wrong, I have a great idea. But half the time I go, oh, no, that's actually their idea. I totally do the same thing. I spend, particularly with Saturday Night Live for some reason, when I'm watching an episode of Saturday Night Live, I'll see it, they'll you know, come in on a sketch, and I'll say, oh man, I have a great idea for a sketch but it's clearly the sketch that they're doing right at the moment. <laughs> uh, and that it's so frustrating because I feel like I've had that idea and it's been taken away from me in yeah. under 10 seconds. So how, what do you do then? What's the next thing that happens? Um, I don't know. I keep watching Saturday Night Live. <laughs> that's not a good story. <laughs> uh, I, I might have ruined the end. No, that's okay. Because, no, I mean, that could have gone it. either That could have gone either way. Yeah, then I write it anyway and I do it better. <laughs> Check out my website, did it better than SNL.com. What, what I think works really well is uh, picking fights like that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sorry, guys. You're, you're listening to this Saturday Night Live. Right? The Saturday Night Live people? Yeah, yeah, probably. There's, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's no way for me to check that. <laughs> you can't rule it out. I mean, millions of people listen to this. Possibly some of them work for SNL. Yeah. Millions. Millions. Ten yeah. million. That's what you told us when we came on this thing, right? Well, yeah. you know. You're going to reach an audience of tens of millions of people. Tens right, of millions. And then money. I think I said there was a potential audience. 
tens of millions. There's a potential audience of six billion people. <laughs> Oh, man. Right, I was see. I didn't want to like. What would you do, actually, not to turn this around? But oh, what I would, would do you anything? do anything? Uh, not you. I, no. I wanted to. Yeah. Oh no, no. Um, what would you do if this episode goes up and it gets six billion downloads? <laughs> six billion? Yes. What would you do? Oh, How man. much money would you make? Off well, of I don't think I'd make. I don't have any sort of revenue sharing type things in place. I think I would just get a huge like bill for like bandwidth. <laughs> so that would actually it would be, be terrible. It would be actually a, an unmitigated disaster. I can't think of anything positive that would come from that. Well, oh boy. You know so, what you should do actually is you should do an ad for something right now, mm-hmm. so that potentially for, if this happens, if you get six billion views uh, or downloads, I guess. Uh, and you do have to pay for that bandwidth. Somebody, you know, says, "Oh, well, he did that ad for cookies. I'm a oh, cookie yeah. company." What if Elephant Larry sponsors this episode? Oh, and then you guys could pay series. me. Great. Exactly. We have so a lot of money what, from that. Do, do you want to just movie. really quickly do an ad for Elephant Larry? But yeah. Okay. Go. Uh, let's El- go to commercial buy, real quick. Um, buy Elephant Larry. All right, we're back. <laughs> oh. All right, there we go. Oh, were we supposed to do the commercial? Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I just jumped in because I didn't know. Okay. No, I think. That's uh, really as good. great an endorsement as could yeah, happen. You should right? check out our TV commercials. They're basically like, hey, you guys. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, Elephant over here. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Our, our slogan. over this way. Yeah, our tagline is Elephant Larry's over here. <laughs> when you make a spec pilot, is it uh, a good idea to make fun of like Mountain Dew and Coke? In retrospect, yes, it is. Okay, what um, happened? <laughs> absolutely nothing. No, yeah, nobody literally. cares. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's all covered under parody laws. So yeah, we're, we're t- totally fine to do that. Um, um, yeah, I actually think that's another thing that, in retrospect, we actually felt good about because one of the big things that brands and to be fair, I don't think we thought about this necessarily going in, but uh, brands like to make fun of themselves or poke fun of themselves. Now they have ridiculous content that is basically sketch comedy for most of their advertising. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we were particularly mean to anybody. No. Uh, the only thing that we were, you know, pointed or the, the Coke commercial is crazy, but that's more making fun of the students who make Coke commercial films than Coke itself. Yeah. I, think. I mean, I, I think also I hope. we have, we did have briefly have a conversation being like, should we just do, you know, it's, you know, cola soda or something like that instead of actually naming it Coke. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it loses its, oh, yeah, its, its meaning and sting if you just if you take away the thing you're actually parodying, you know? Right. Do any of the members of the group like work in industry stuff, like entertainment industry as their job, as their day job? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Sort I mean, of, sort of, actually. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go ahead. Sure. And, and uh, Chris Chris works for Comedy Central. Uh, Jeff works for The Onion. Stefan works for an advertising agency. Uh, the other Jeff works for Sony. And I work for a bunch of places, including uh, MTV and a couple of other places that I write for. So you, so you do writing? Uh, yeah, I write like for what the... What kind of writing do you... Blog writing, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um it varies. I freelance right uh, right now. I'm writing about comic books for MTV, movies for AMC, and uh, various other stuff for various other places. Mm. So what comics are you writing about? All of them. All of them. Pretty Every single all, one. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's a. Are you into it's comic books? Well, I'm. I wouldn't describe myself as that way. But are you familiar with? Uh, 
well, we can talk about it. Well, I did some stuff in a comic book coming out soon. Infinite Vacation comes out. Oh, really? Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Spencer. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Nick. He's. Yeah. Yeah. One of my other things. Sorry. Is it all right? If no, I, okay. Go. Go for it. I'll. I'll self-aggrandize later. All right. I'll be. I'll be <laughs> brief. Uh, one of the things that I do is uh, host a live comic book talk show in New York City called Comic Book Club, and we just had Nick Spencer. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the show. He's a great guy. So have you seen uh, Infinite Vacation? I haven't yet? seen Infinite Vacation yet. Okay. Also, a- a- Alex has written a comic book. Oh yeah, what did you write? Um, I wrote a mini series for Marvel Comics called Thor and the Warriors Four. That's now available in Digest form on Amazon.com. Well, all right. Uh, by Elephant Larry. <laughs> and, okay, now your turn. Yeah. By Elephant Larry. Elephant Larry, we're <laughs> over there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually a very good slogan. I think we should keep that. By Elephant. No, no, what no, are they? Elephant Larry. It, we're over there. We're over there. We're I over think there. what it should be is it should be a TV commercial. It opens up with a shot of just like something where there's no people. Yeah. And then a voice says. Elephant Larry, we're over there, and the camera swings, and we're standing like, like in a field. Somewhere. In a field, and we're like, "What? <laughs> How we get here?" And then it just cuts off. I think we should actually we should uh, have more commercials for ourselves that we just put up online. <laughs> hey, That'll, we need to we need to promote ourselves, right? We really do. I think online would be a good place to promote ourselves. <laughs> I think it's definitely. There's nothing so about you. Plug something? Yeah. Oh no, I don't really have anything to plug. No. I was really just kidding about that. Uh, I mean, I'm really good at my job, and if anybody needs any graphic design, yeah. they can go to stephanrules.com and uh, and ch- check out my work. You should actually. Uh, yeah, Stefan should. is an awesome, awesome graphic designer. I, I'm also a graphic designer. Uh oh. So. Smackdown. Oh, fight, fight, <laughs> fight. Oh, quick, do, fight, do, do you want to like a speed competition in design letter? <laughs> what would we design? Anything. Well, how about we can have uh, your, your lovely girlfriend over here. She can uh, give, give us a uh, topic and we can just design something. That would be uh, actually totally awesome. I would totally okay. watch that. You get a bunch of graphic designers and have a Smackdown on stage where you get a suggestion from the audience. It's like, okay, you like got to design. design. It's like design improv. Well, we've actually, we've actually done this. Uh, there's a couple, if, you, if you look at our YouTube channel, uh, there's a couple things. Oh, that's right. Uh, where we, I, I did a bunch of uh, Photoshop tutorials, and I just we just like make shit up that I was designing. I'd be like, all right, let's make a greeting card and just go to the internet and grab a bunch. Yeah. Of stuff. What was it called? Uh, what the Photoshop tutorial? Yeah, I think it's just it's if you go. It's, it's Stefan teaches you Photoshop or something like that. It's on our YouTube yeah. channel. And then we have one where I turned I I Photoshop Jerf and it was like right around the time everybody's doing those like it's a fat girl that we Photoshopped into a skinny girl, mm-hmm. uh, where I Photoshop uh, Jerf into a cat. <laughs> Jerf? Yeah. Uh, Jeff, sorry. Uh, we have two Jeffs in the group, so one of them we call Jerf and the other one we call Geoff. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, so I take Jerf and I take a picture of him and I make him look like a cat. Two things about this, just to expand. It came from Stefan in the middle of meetings just starting to Photoshop something and just kind of quietly whispering about it and us just watching him do it. And he'd be like, okay, I'm just going to do this over here and then I'm going to do this filter <laughs> over here. And it, we thought it was really hilarious, so we decided to film a couple of them. The second thing that I was going to say that is so amazing, which I love so much about the fact that our YouTube channel is people ask us honest questions about how we Photoshopped it. It's like, wait, this isn't a real tutorial. I don't understand how you did anything. Well, even you left out that this stuff. is they don't say it's a real, not a real tutorial is they honestly are like, how do I make a greeting card like that? When the greeting card is what the greeting card is, it says on the front, happy birthday, you shithead. <laughs> And then it has a picture of it, like it's a piece of it's a piece of crap with eyeballs and a party hat in front of a birthday cake, and then you open it up and it's a picture of an elephant sitting on a toilet, and it says, "Here's some money, go buy a toilet." Like, <laughs> and people honestly are like, hey, "Why?" There's a market for that card, and they're like, "Yeah, I guess." I mean, like, and you know, we we show the card at the end, and it looks terrible. <laughs> It's just the worst thing in the world. And it's just like, people are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's exactly yeah, How did you do step four there? The, the other thing about it is all of the steps are 
not actually steps in a Photoshop tutorial. There are things like add a toilet, which is not something that you could just automatically do in Photoshop. Right, it's not a filter. But people ask about that. They're like, brush. how do I add the toilet? <laughs> Which, which is which is mind blowing. Yeah. Sort of, I kind of love it. it. Maybe it's, they're it, riffing with you. It's like sort of they're... just sort of like sat there and quietly accumulated hits, which I'm assuming come from other Photoshop tutorials. Like, like people like, are like searching oh, greeting for greeting card Photoshop tutorial, and they're like, "Oh, this sounds good." <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. So what what are the group's career ambitions like? Is is the goal to like if you finally fade into the night? No, I mean if you if you had if the pilot had happened, like is that really what everybody wants, or is everybody kind of like doing their thing and the group has is its own outlet? And that we we would ideally all like to be able to do Elephant Larry full time. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that's very hard for any sketch comedy group to do. I think There's at very this few point that have made that transition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that is nice that we've been able to do for the past couple of years is Elephant Larry pays for Elephant Larry for the most part. Mm -hmm. So as so we've just been able to stop sinking all of our own money into the damn <laughs> Exactly, group. but it's actually a nice thing. I mean, it, you know, what I try to tell people when people ask, invariably ask us about this is that there are five guys in the group. You know, if there was one of us, maybe we'd be able to do it, but as five people who have salaries and, you know, Really expensive taste and in kids in, and uh, kids. Kids got to feed them kids. Yeah, ham. But in all ham, zero, ham is pricey. Those, those automatic ham feeders don't <laughs> don't pay for themselves. That's right. Yeah, don't I know it? Yeah, I haven't done the research, but I, they I don't. That. They don't actually oh, things yeah. pay for themselves. It's, it's very 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 seldom do you go on Amazon and like, oh, this costs nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it pays for itself. Thank you for sending me this for free. Yeah, very nice of you. Uh, it's just hard, you know. There's really no. Uh, if you think about the amount of salary that somebody makes a year, to think about getting five of those off of sketch comedy is kind of mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, but in terms of career ambitions of the group, would we like to do a TV show? Absolutely, to the end that it would allow us to all work with each other all day long together, mm -hmm. which would be fun. Uh, if we do that through videos, that would be fun too. If there's some other weird career opportunity that happens in the future that I don't know what it's about. Like working for Mountain Dew full time. Yeah, that would be eh, that would be great actually because we get all the Mountain Dew. It would pay for itself. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. But as it is, the reason we keep doing it is because we like hanging out with each other and we think each other are funny and we enjoy doing sketch comedy. And not to get all preachy, but I think that is in general, the best reason to keep doing sketch comedy. Right. The I mean, groups that do sketch comedy for a goal stop doing sketch comedy when they don't meet that goal. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, nobody should be getting into sketch comedy because it's some sort of sketch comedy gold rush going on, you know. Right. This, it's not like stand-up in the 80s. Yeah. If people... If you're a sketch comedy group and your goal is, okay, we're gonna get a sketch comedy show on television, think honestly about how many sketch comedy groups have gotten on television in the history of television. What is it, like six? It's at max one per decade. Mm -hmm. And so but it's gotta be a little like, if particularly if the people in the group are like, you know, working for comedy, doing stuff for Comedy Central and, and places like, like you see your peers that are, like doing TV and so you're around the entertainment business, it has to seem a little more like feasible to you. Yeah, and it is. I mean, we. <laughs> Does, I mean, well, am well, I wrong? <laughs> well, I mean, I think yes and no. I mean, the, the the people that you will see who, I mean, the current market for sketch comedy on TV is it's one guy 
any show, but usually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like that that tends to be like how sketch comedy is structured. I think that's Dave Chappelle's doing most most of anything right now. Yeah, because the Dave Chappelle show did so well. Then we got Dimitri Martin's show, the structure of that. Nick we got Swartz Nick Swartz and uh, and even. Uh, Carlos Mencia, uh, what's the other one? There's Jeff guy Dunham. Jeff, Jeff Dunham, Dunham. Was, the, was the same way. Yeah, where it's all that one guy as the anchor to the show. Why do you think that that is easier for the networks it's to because like? Because you're, you're paying one person. One, I don't know. I think it's easier to sell one person. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, like if, if you have one person who's charismatic, it's a lot easier to I mean, like, here we need to introduce you to five people, and you have to like all these five people, and like. Things that are acquired tastes, I think, are a mm -hmm. lot harder. So, I mean, it's almost like I see us doing YouTube videos, you know, in some level as like, uh, you know, being able to acquaint people with what our what our style is and getting people to know us. But that's a long process, and I think TV, like, you you have to hit it out of the park the first couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. you know? There's not a lot of patience. You know, yeah, right? it's it's also. Like just to expand on what you're saying, it's one person can be a pure proven quantity. That you take somebody like Nick Swarsden that has done reasonably well. You know who he is. You know what he can do. He does the TV show. It's a brand that you can build on. Um, as opposed to saying, okay, here's a sketch comedy group that's done a couple of shows at Chicago Sketch Fest. What? No, nobody knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, they're obviously... Exceptions. Not to be all like, negative about no, it. No, but like, like human, human giant, getting like, like out on TV. So, I mean, it obviously can, can happen. And why is kids, you know, seriously can continue to, to do well? And, you know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's but not, it's not impossible, but it, it takes a certain, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think what it comes down to is if you're pinning all your hopes on that, it probably is not going to happen. Uh, if you think it would be a really cool, exciting, nice thing that would be the best thing that ever happens, that's totally fine. But too many young groups, uh, Stefan and I both work on Sketchfest NYC, the New York Sketch Festival, and too many young groups that I talk to who have been around for six months will have conversations with me about like, okay, we really wanna get audience here, how do we get industry here so we can get a TV show? We're together because we really wanna get on TV. And not to be blunt with them, but I, I tell them that thing about there has been maybe one a decade. So your odds just aren't very good unless something weird happens or you move to Britain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't do it <laughs> yeah, for the we're right the, reasons. We're in the wrong country for sketch comedy. If you should not be doing sketch comedy to become famous or rich. You should be doing stock brokering or whatever that's called to become rich if you want. Well, you can and be a really famous stock broker. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, you <laughs> know, can, Michael yeah. Douglas, the most famous stock broker. <laughs> you know, I met uh, the guy who uh, did the wardrobe for Wall Street recently. Oh, yeah? Uh, which is kind of incredible. Like, like, we were, was, was that guy famous? He was pretty famous. He was probably like, give me a bunch of suits. I don't know. No, no, whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Where am I? Macy's? Give me a bunch of suits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you know that all, all of them came from Marshalls? <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They're off the rack Marshall suits. Yeah. It's amazing what you can get that place. Just like in real life. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we should probably wrap up. Thanks, guys, yeah, for taking the time. Getting You're busy anyway. schedule totally. here. So that's cool. That's all right. Uh, yeah. uh, can I add one positive note? Because I feel like we ended a little like, don't do sketch comedy. No, no, no. no. We, we're, we're talking realistically. That's 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, sketch comedy is awesome. We really enjoy doing it, and we love it's, seeing other people doing sketch comedy. It is a great way to have fun with your friends and also become rich and famous. <laughs> That's uh, what you were saying. Right? Uh, yeah, I think that's the heart of what I was getting towards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I've never been richer than I am today. Yeah, we love doing Elephant Larry, and we love coming to festivals like Chicago Sketch Fest, where we can see tons of other groups, talk to people, totally geek out about comedy, and I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, it's inspiring to see people doing stuff. You know, I mean, like, it's actually more pure and wonderful and lovely to see people doing something just because they love it. Are the audiences different at like a sketch festival than when you just do a normal run of your show? Yes. Yes. Uh, no, no, no friends at the, at the festivals. <laughs> I, I don't know. What it was, well, I think every city is different and every performance is different. Yeah. Chicago is an awesome city to perform in because people are so excited about comedy and so excited about sketch in particular, I think. Yeah. I mean, it totally varies by city, right? Because I think like there are definitely cities that are like, meh, comedy. And then you get people out to the shows that are like, I right, prove it. <laughs> right. Prove that you're funny. And I think Chicago is so, somehow hardwired to be like, all right, we're ready to have a nice time at a comedy show. It, is New York more of the prove that you're funny city? I would say yeah, that's probably I think true. so. Mm. You, you gotta, I mean, you New gotta have New York's a prove it city anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, you know, if you can, it's like I always say, if you can make it in New York, you can probably make it in other places as well. Yeah, you can conceivably make it, like, in Chicago. Yeah, or New York. Los Angeles. Uh, or it's, not, it's not the upstate version. It's, no, it's uh, the main, it's the you, one. If you can make it in upstate New York, you can conceivably make it somewhere yeah. in rural Indiana. <laughs> New York, it's the one. <laughs> uh, do you have anything you want to promote? I, you have a show tonight, but by the, this won't. People won't listen to this before then. Yeah. No, they'll so probably what, just fast forward to the middle and then stop yeah. there. Um, I think <laughs> so the big thing that we're doing right now is, um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we're doing this project called Comedy Thunder on our YouTube channel. So we're putting up new videos every single week. Uh, you can get there at youtube.com slash elephantlarry, uh, and that should take you right there. And on our, on our YouTube channel, we have uh, almost 100 videos that we've released, and uh, you should definitely go, th go through, dig through the archives. Tons of great stuff in there. So um, but yeah, there's... New stuff going up every week. One of the new things that we're doing is interacting with people online. <laughs> so oh, that's a new experiment. You've yes, been uh, yeah, we're really trying it out. But uh, one of the things that we are doing as part of this project is taking suggestions from people and really working that into the videos. So uh, it's a cool way for us to interact with people um, that we have never met. So we've been having a lot of fun doing that. Exactly. I've, I've been meeting a lot of 12-year-olds online. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. What? Can we erase that part? What? I, what? I don't really do any editing. What? Okay. She's, All right. She's well. a really nice guy. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that again. Uh, that's a that's a callback. I know. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. This is a comedy it, podcast. Traditional technique. Tell. Do you like my technique? Oh, I like it. I like it. So anyway, if you, uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Chicago Sketch Fest. Um, Elephant if, Larry. If I want 2K9. 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 If I wanted to learn more about Let's Get Serious, where would I go? Uh, you could go to kendallbruns.com. That's a cool place. Yeah, it is. It, I like it. It's all right. It's yeah, cool. It pays for itself. Well, I pay for it. <laughs> exactly. So there I guess go. in a way, it kind of. I don't pay for it. It pays for itself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You pay in other ways. Oh, geez. When oh, you. When oh, you oh, oh, I pay. <laughs> um, I like I like to give the guests the last word, final little final little something. Usually there's one person, so it's easier to manage. But with two, no, we I don't know how to do this. Up, do. All right, so um, I'm gonna. Alex, I'm gonna you, you first. Create. No, I think we can do it at the same you time. You do the same time. I would say at the exact same time. 
I think the Star Wars prequels are terrible.